This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American waterfowl. And welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot, and I could not be more excited to be with you here tonight. I am two days away from the trip that I have anticipated. Well, I had two huge trips that I anticipated this year. The one with Matt out in the hills and the one this weekend where we are going north to hunt a large river up north, and oh my goodness, I I cannot tell you how excited I am. Actually, about two weeks ago, I was very down on this trip because the area that I'm going, and I have been asked by a specific friend to be a little bit more discreet about where I'm going. So I'm trying to be a little more discreet. I feel like maybe I've been a little bit too loose lipped with some of the places that I'm going. I get so excited. And so I don't want to push pressure places. So I've been asked to be a little more discreet by someone I really greatly respect. Um, so I'm trying to do that, but we're going up there. I planned this trip for fumbles. Um, and we're going up there. We're leaving on the 27th and we're hunting or we're leaving on the 20th, yeah, 27th and hunting the 28th, 29th, 30th, maybe the 31st. And this is a little early for this place. Prime time in this place is late November. And I knew it was a little bit early, but this was a place that Fumbles and I went in season one, like nine years ago, we went and hunted this and corn went with us. In fact, you can see the videos on season one of FDH on, on YouTube channel, Freelance Duck Hunting. Um, we didn't do very well, but 
it's a historic, fantastic place that people flock to. And we're going a little bit early. And the reason I scheduled this trip a little bit early is that um, I knew it was a good time for Fumbles to go. I knew he really wanted to go to this area. He wanted to get back to it. We've been there twice. We've only hunted it once. And so I scheduled the trip. He was unable to go. And we had the trip all planned. We had the Airbnb loaded, locked and loaded and everything. So I decided, hey, we're just going to go ahead and go anyway. Um, even though we're about three weeks early going to this place and I got talking to people, they're like, man, that's not an ideal time up there. And I don't know how well you guys are going to do. And I was really kind of starting to feel discouraged. In fact, I talked to Jordan Fromer from the Duck on Podcast. He's like, man, maybe you should just go up to North Dakota because Jordan had, had that fantastic trip up there where he's just paddling us like crazy. And, and then Storm of the Century shows up. I. I cannot believe how fortunate that that we are with the current weather. As you guys know, we've got this massive cold front, massive snowstorm, something unheard of at the end of October up in North South Dakota, Nebraska. I mean, they're talking for some serious snow. And this thing's going to hit on Thursday. We got one to three inches of snow on Saturday, and it gets colder and colder, clear through Monday, clear through Tuesday. The winds are perfect, and, man, it's on. It's on. I'm trying not to be too overly optimistic about this trip. I'm trying really hard, and it's hard to do because I can't – I'm trying to think of a scenario in which, like, this is a bad trip. I mean, this front that's coming, this northerly is – winter is here. Winter is here and it's going to push the ducks. Absolutely going to push the ducks. So I'm trying to think what scenario am I not going to have a good time? I can't imagine based on the weather that we won't see lots of birds. If I'm seeing lots of birds and shooting some birds, I'm happy. The only trips that I'm unhappy is if I'm not seeing or shooting anything. If we've got birds to play with and there's a lot of birds to look at and some can, times that can get frustrating where you just can't get the birds to do what you want them to do. And yes, absolutely. Sometimes that can get frustrated, no doubt. But generally speaking, if I've got birds to see, birds to call, birds to play with, I am in heaven. And this place I'm going to I am is just one of the coolest places I've ever, ever been. Just an amazingly cool place to duck on. I'm going with my buddy, uh, Matt Bocci winner of the first ever freelance duck hunting duck on podcast hunt giveaway. Jordan couldn't go on it, but now he's become a personal friend and we're just going cause he's my friend. And I'm bringing Philip Boyles who um, I've had on the, I think we had him on the duck on podcast. I think he was a podcast guest one time. He's a, he's a decoy duck carver. I know I've had him on my YouTube, several YouTube videos. I think that he was a guest on a duck on podcast episode long ago. It, Phil, if I'm wrong, forgive me. I, I in my mind I'm thinking that happened. But and man, this I'm telling you, I told I told someone, I don't remember what it was, it's like we could go on this trip another 20 years and not have the kind of weather timing like this. And dang, I'm so excited about it. So I'm pumped. Winter is here. So today, this episode. Of course, we're going to have Woody come on. Woody and I did another batch recording, and all the people wanted to watch that on Patreon were there with us live, commenting, laughing. Fantastic time. If you want to get on some of these live recordings, hang out with us, hang in the comment section, interact, get on the chat message board, which is new to Patreon, patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. 
and sign up. We got more and more people signing up, joining that community. Love it. Do that. And the I after that, I'm going to talk about a hunt that Fumbles and I went on Saturday, which is a unique, interesting hunt. Then we're going to do the comment of the week. And this week on the comment of the week, I am having a secret special guest. And first of all, I'm going to confront this guest about the comment that they made. Because the comment that they made was ridiculous. And so I've got this person coming on and I'm going to confront them about this comment. Because it was a ridiculous comment that needs to be confronted. Not in an aggressive way. We're not going to get aggressive. But we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to find out what's going on, why this comment was made. And then with that same person, I have to, how should I say this? I've got to make a retraction. This person and I got into a um, discussion at one point, and it turns out maybe I was wrong in that discussion. Seems as though I was. So I'm going to have to make a public. I, I wouldn't call it apology. I've told I've told this person it's kind of an apology. It's not an apology. I am just admitting that possibly, possibly I was wrong. And so that's going to be a very interesting section. Um, and then, of course, we're going to be talking to Woody. So before we do that, guys, it is the end of October. I know that you're probably still looking for some last second waterfowl gear, whether it's bags, decoys, pullovers, stand-up lines, all that stuff. Final approach is worth your consideration. At least before you make these purchases, go and look. FABrand.com. Go and take a peek at what they've got. I can vouch for it. I've used it for two years now. I'm very happy with their products. Absolutely very happy with the products. And for uh, FDH 10, we'll get you 10% off of your purchase. So go and do that. Also, um, I just talked to one of my uh, patrons the other day, Brett. He said he has a call from Ducklander Calls coming to him right now. He's been using the calls. He loves them. Everyone's getting them. Bobby Hayes out there is a world-class waterfowler. He's a world-class duck maker. And that is NAW23. NAW23, not 23. For that discount code, for Ducklander Calls. So go and check that off. Check that out. And also, as always, Onyx Hunt is the best mapping system. If I can tell, if, if I'm talking to a new hunter and there's like, what's one tip you can give me for waterfowl hunting? I'm probably going to say download Onyx Hunt because that is going to progress you quicker than anything else as far as finding ground. The features on there are ridiculous, guys. Come on. The features are ridiculous, and I do not have a code for that. So let's go ahead and jump into the hunt update. So this hunt I had had scheduled as kind of a – I mean, we've been going hard at it this year. Lots of travel, lots of two, three hunt weekends, day hunt weekends. I had had this slotted as kind of a – a rest weekend where it was just going to be a early Saturday hunt. And that was it here close to home. And I had had slated where we were going to go. Um, in this place I had never hunted before, but I had been scouting for about 18 months. It's one of those places when I've talked, if you've listened to my episodes and I've talked a lot about scouting and my scout preparation, these are, this is one of those places I've kept my eye on this for, like I said, about 18 months. I've been there four or five times. I felt like I had a pretty good feel for it. And I thought I could go and hunt this place blind. And I never shot a duck there. 
have seen some ducks there on the scouts, but I hadn't scouted it since before teal season. And this was a go blind kind of thing. It was me and fumbles and no idea how much pressure this place gets. Um, so we went there and, and this is a very short walk-in. There are three possible places to hunt at this location. Park on the road, walk on each one of them. One of them's like 300 yards. One of them's 150 yards. The other one's like, I don't know, hundred yards or so. And so we picked the farthest walk, the 300 yard walk, because I was struggling to figure out how we were going to hide. Cause there was, they graze cows in this place during the off season. And there's just not much cover. And there's one of these pools that is circled by cattails. And it's about, I think I looked on on X and it was like 70 yards by 40 yards is the hole. That's about the size of the hole. Now this is, this place is three pools but they're all connected with a little channel. So you got pool number one, it weaves around pool. Number two weaves around pool number three. And the whole thing is like, I think three fourths of a mile long, something like that. Um, so it's a pretty unique little place. So if you can get in and get one of these holes, no one's going to jack with you. You're good. So we got there. And the idea was with these cattails, I have a cart that, and I'm sure I've talked to you guys about the deal I made. I, I, I traded, one my ascended one of my ascend H12s for an Invisiman, a jet sled, a um cart a pole cart, and three hundred dollars. And so I thought, well, I really didn't want because Fumbles can't transport anything anymore. He's 79 years old and he just he can't do it. He can still hunt with me, but he can't he can't transport things. So I've got to get it all. So I'm like, how can I do this? in one trip because i don't want to go 300 yards in 300 yards out 300 yards in. now where that's 900 yards and if i do that again on the way out that's 1800 yards instead of 600 yards so obviously that's three times as far i didn't want to do that so i thought ah here's what i can do i can use my cart i can put the invisiman on there i can put the uh the invisible dog hide on there for georgie and then i can try to just get in the cattails and kind of get in between them and try to pack in tight and then I can do that in one load. And it worked pretty good. It worked pretty good. Although the cart, the cart that I got, the wheels, it like if you're not on a nice path, that thing's gonna tip over. It tipped over like four or five times on this deal, and it was even a pretty easy pull. So that cart, mm, kind of suspect. So we pulled all that in. It wasn't a bad pull or everything. Got in there. 300 yards seemed closer. I'm in the dark. So, man, we're already here. And I, I'm like, hang on, dad, my dad, hang on, dad. I'm going to go check out. I walk in there, no water, no water. There had been plenty of water in this place on Saturday or I'm sorry, pre teal season. And here we get it. And there's no water. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this sucks. This sucks. So pushed everything back out to the truck, loaded it back up. I'm like, well, I think still have these two other pools. I still, I'm like, those maybe dry. I mean, it was hot in September. You guys know it was a hot, hot September. So it's very possible that there's no water at this place at all. And we don't have a plan B. That's like pretty much go home pretty much. And so we load everything back in the truck. We drove down the road cause we we're going to walk into the middle pool now, which is only 150 yards. I'm like, okay, dad, we're just waiting in the truck. Let me just go and walk to it. And I was worried that someone's going to pull in and take that spot because it was, you know, we came in there pretty late. We didn't go real early. And luckily, no one did that. I walked in and checked, and it had water. And and I found a hole that I felt pretty dang good about. I found a hole I felt pretty good about. And so that was exciting. So I went back and got my dad, and um, 
we portaged in there, got all set up and everything. And this was a, I don't know what kind of vegetation is on this pool's like, I would say 150 yards by 50. It's a bigger pool. There's some kind of weird vegetation on the top that's so thick that the ducks, I can't even believe the ducks can even swim on there. But there's a hole that I found right at the eastern side of it. Nice open hole that kind of connects the little channel. And I'm like, this looks pretty good. I felt really good about it. There was a little tree on the other side, right by the cattails. I'm like, I can, we can make this work. So I got across the creek and the, I thought I could just wade, wade this channel. And it was like so stupid muddy, so ridiculously stupid muddy. Like, I'll, I don't want, I'm not even, I, it's so annoying. I'm going to talk about it. Like sinking into your knees kind of stuff. But anyway, we got all set up and everything, and we felt pretty good about this little hole. We felt pretty good about this. I'm like, there's no one here today. Maybe this place hasn't been hunted. And that was always kind of my hypothesis was like, if this has had no pressure, there'll be ducks. If this has, if this has had pressure, we probably won't have ducks because it's not that big of an area. And I forgot to mention, my buddy did go out and hunt it on the teal opener, shot a teal, and there had been teal using it for sure. I I saw them. Um, and no one even hunted at the teal opener. No one was hunting this place on the teal opener, even though there had been 60 to 75 teal consistently. I had two different times I went in there and scouted, and there was 60 to 75 teal in there using it. And, and no one hunted it. That was an awesome sign. And so we're all set up to go. And on the video, which I, I, I'm hopefully this video will be out today, the day you're listening to this. I don't know if I'll get, I'm trying to get it done tonight, I'm trying to get it done. Um, but hopefully this will come out today on Thursday at two 30, this video of the sun, hopefully, hopefully I'll get it done. Um, right at sunup, we had a, um, of a, a, this flock of like 10 to 12 teal, just right over our heads. Two of them, boom, land right in the decoys. The other, the others keep flying. And the whole plan was, I was going to have, my dad go ahead and take the first one if, if it landed. He hadn't shot one for a while. And so he was a little slow getting up. They flushed. I'm like, dang it, dang it. I hit the call. This and these two went back and somehow found the other group. This group circled us, no kidding, like three or four times. And when they circled us, they were like tight. Like, shoo, shoo. they just kept circling us. It was so cool. And some of them landed right in the pocket. Most of them landed down in the channel. And my dad took one. So we killed one right off the bat. But this pass that we had was really remarkable because because of how tight they were and there you could hear their wings and, and they were a bunch of little green wings so right off the bat my dad's got one on the board it was a little disappointing because it was still so dark that i was trying to make sure that give him the priority shot because he hadn't shot one for a while and i just couldn't it was too dark for me after he shot to be able to get on one and that kind of sucked we we missed the opportunity of like really like tearing into a group um, if they had come like 10 minutes later where we could see a little better, but it was really, really cool. And that's it. That's all we saw on this hunt. Now, the disappointing thing about this is I really, really need this this year to be a viable place to hunt because my area is dry, 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 dry. My local areas that I hunt are going to be so overrun with other hunters because there's no water and the water there is, is just going to consolidate people. They've even started to put pumping restrictions on them. And it's like, and there we have this big, with this cold front, this huge rain system come. We're supposed to get all this water and we just didn't get it. We just didn't get it. So I really need this little spot to be viable to hunt because I need places to hunt this year that aren't, uh, that are a little less traveled. 
So I don't know. Oh, that's it. There's a little group of 10, 12 green wing. That's all we saw. We hunted until about 8.45, 9 o'clock, and we were out of there. And so I don't know. I, I, I will probably at some point give this place another hunt, another go. Um, I went and looked at the farthermost east pool. It looks really good. It's a nice little pool. There's no place to hide. I think we could drag a, a, a A-frame in there, a FA stand-up line in there. And I think I'll have to give it another try. So it was a little disappointing, but that one pass was really, really fun. No doubt. It was really, really fun. Um, but other than that, it was a little bit of a disappointment that there weren't more birds because there's birds around. And if that place hasn't been hunted and there's no birds using it, then I don't know. Maybe they just don't really like that place. I mean, it's not like the food in there is just fantastic. It's not like it's all full of millet or smartweed or anything. It's definitely shallow water marshes, and it's going to attract some some birds. I thought there'd probably be some wood ducks in there or something. I don't know, but it was it was disappointing. It was a bit of a disappointment. So, all right, uh, we are going to take a quick break, and then we are going to come back to comment of the week. And I am going to have my super secret guest on here and confront them about the comment that they made, and we'll get to the bottom of that, and then we'll also. I will have to eat a little crow and tell this person that I was wrong, maybe, which I'm not thrilled about doing, but you know, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. So um, I will be right back. In the meantime, I want you to check out this song called Taro by Alt-J. Absolutely love this song. So go ahead and check that out. And we will be right back. China jumps to two feet creep up the road two photo to record me lumps in war their ancestors is time so
And welcome back from that quick break. It is now time to jump into the Comet of the Week. It's time for the Comet of the Week. All right. So this Comet of the Week comes from my special secret guest here who made this comment. None other than the one and only Jordan Fromer from the Duck Gun Podcast. What's up, Jordan? What's up, Elliot? So glad to join you for uh, some uh, talk about wood ducks, right? <laughs> well, the comment may or may not involve wood duck. And I'll say before I do this comment, like, I want to tell you guys that Jordan and I um, have had a full hour of hashing out our wood duck differences on his podcast. And when when is that podcast going to drop? <laughs> He's got his knife out. <laughs> I think I'm safe. We're not in the same room. <laughs> When's um, that going to drop? Depends how long. Uh, probably tonight. I mean, tomorrow. I'll probably get okay. it done tonight. Okay, guys. So if you haven't heard that um, and you're listening to this first, make sure and check out um, the podcast where he and I hash that out. And so this comment of the week kind of comes from that topic. So it might be a little bit of, he's got a different knife out. He's got, these really means business over there. <laughs> and then, Hey, it, it's all right. We'll get through this. And then that the, the second segment where I'm going to have to apologize to you or not, not, I don't, you know, I would rather apologize to you than, than say you were right. That saying <laughs> you're right is way worse than apologizing. Like I could be like, <laughs> You know, the apology, like, well, I'm really sorry if you felt that way. You know, like that kind right, of apology. The, the typical, like, fourth grader answer. I'm sorry <laughs> if you were hurt by this. Or <laughs> you say sorry without admitting any kind of guilt and just right, put it on the other person. Not that feeling. you did anything wrong, but that you feel. I'm sorry that you feel this way. That's like the yeah. typical, like. <laughs> yeah. I can do that, but admitting I was wrong to you, oh my gosh. I'm not. I'm going to string this out as long as I can to avoid that. But actually, I'm I'm still not fully sure that I was completely wrong, <laughs> but I there's enough evidence to say that yes, I in that discussion I think I was more <laughs> more wrong than right. We'll say that. Yeah, and you're sure skating it, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're right. skating it like a weary mallard. <laughs> skating it like a non-decoying wood duck. <laughs> Which is all of them. They never, you know, in the history of mankind, you know how many wood ducks have landed in someone's decoys bread? Zero. Yeah, Zero. Well, if you knew how to no. hide. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and we're not going to beat it at torch. Let's go ahead and get into this comment of the week. So this was Jordan's first response to my last week's podcast about wood ducks. So as you guys, you haven't heard that one. I did a Jordan allowed me to use his podcast audio and I strategically and snakily kind of cut it up to favor my own point of view in Jordan's mind. And uh, Elliot, the snake Snyder, <laughs> you like the Elliot, new name, the snake Snyder. <laughs> and so this was his response to it. Now, what I said was, is that wood ducks are uniquely different. Then other puddle ducks, you could kind of see them as a side category. And I use the word asterisk, which Jordan has huge issues with. But uh, this you is just keep you keep refining the, the your words about it. But that's not what you originally said. But anyways, play you play your comment. Now, or who's whatever. interrupting who now? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think you. <laughs> All right. Here is the comment. This was from the Fellowship of the Duck Guns. 
And um, Tanner Tanner Brigham made the comment. Jordan Fromer, I knew that Wood Duck comment y'all made was going to make it on Elliot's podcast, in which Jordan said he can't handle the truth, and he's quoting me. I appreciate Wood Ducks, but I don't think they're real ducks. And my my question to you is, why the hell did you say that? Oh, it was just a it was a an oversimplification of the broader descript the the broader portrayal you put on wood ducks through your podcast in general that they're not real ducks right asterisks by their name at this point <laughs> you hadn't said okay well i shouldn't have used that i understand what because people will put like asterisks the example used in our podcast yeah by someone who was juicing and mm. broke a home run record so it's like yeah. well there's an asterisk by his name is he yeah. really the home run champion is right. he really and you said well, are wood ducks really puddlers? You know, we got to put an asterisk by it. Like almost saying that they're lesser ducks. They're, well, that's how it was perceived. That's not what my intent, but that I can see how that was the perception. So that's, well, you're asking yeah, me why right. I put that. That's why right. I put it. Because fair. That, and that's fair. I, and I was saying you'd rather put the asterisk by duck, not just wood duck. You want it to be an asterisk by the duck. Like that's the really part. Duck? That's the part that is a little bit of an <laughs> overstep. And when you use quotes, Typically, the things inside the quotes are supposed to be the actual statement. Okay, I just think so you know everybody how understands works. the jokes. Everybody understands. <laughs> Yo, joking, yeah, right? everyone on the internet understands Come the on. jokes, right? Come on, you got to have a funny bone somewhere in there. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know, in written text on Facebook, people are clear, understand things crystal clear. This, this is how Elliot quotes are used. Can you imagine me just over here on my keyboard, my face all red? <laughs> Like pounding the keyboard, I was mad and angry. I wasn't. I well, I think that maybe after after talking to you more, that maybe you were more annoyed. At first, I thought you were really really annoyed, and then I thought you weren't at all annoyed. And now I think it fell somewhere in between. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Like I mean, it was very little annoyance. I I said there was some, but it was like very little. It was just annoyance. Any any time like you feel a certain way about something like i really love wood ducks yeah. a lot of people in the mississippi flyway great lake regions fond memories first duck first you know a lot of memories about it first ducks of the season all that and then somebody kind of like disagrees and wants to downplay on it and give all these reasons why they they don't agree with you then you're like well this is you know yeah stupid agree with me you know so right. that's that's it, it was very minor annoyances. And I can say I've learned through this whole process that I didn't know is is the level to which people hold wood ducks in a sacred place in their heart. And right. I think I really came to understand that at the end of our recording when I was talking about like why do I love blue and teal so much? They hold a sacred place in my heart. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand that about wood ducks and and now I'm just kind of getting it. It's like you say anything about them, they hold a sacred yeah, place in people's heart. Right, right. And it was, you know, it was people coming out of the woodworks defending wood ducks after yeah. your uh, your comments on them. Right, right. And so it wasn't it's, just it's, me that no. felt that way. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. No. And and I and I get that. And that this whole thing's been fun and awesome. Guys, if you want to hear, Jordan and I went at it for a whole hour. It was on a live stream. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go over and check it out. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how I feel about it after I listen to it. Um, right now I feel like, Hey, that was fun. That was, maybe after I listened to it, I'm like, Oh, why did I say this? Why did I say that? Why? Well, we you were know. both, 
we're, I, I think honestly, we're both getting a little heated at times. But that's okay, right? We've done that's it before. Okay. We we did it for like oh, six yeah. years, many times. That that was yeah. what's so fun about our podcast time together. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so let's move on to my least favorite segment I will probably ever record on this podcast. And Jordan <laughs> has some audio queued up, so let me give this a little background. Um, Jordan has been trying to get the flyways and myself to North Dakota for I don't know three four years. And Jordan was making it sound like North Dakota was the easiest limits. And, and tell me if I'm wrong. Let me, this is my perception, Jordan. And you cut me off. Then we're going to play the audio of the Marcos. Um, but Jordan was making it out like North Dakota is just easy limits, basically limits every day. And I'm like, no, there's no way. There's no way that's true. There's no way it's a, the, the limits are that easy. It's just, I mean, with that, is that, I am I that, that, is that accurate? Yeah, but. I would say just the central flyway in general, you know. I, I don't understand why people think that's a slam on the central flyway. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's, is it a slam on the central flyway? No, not really. I mean, do I want it to be hard, hard to kill ducks? No. I, don't I want actually it to be hard. disagree. I, I don't want it to be easy either. Well, I don't think it's you've been here I think in Kansas when you have been able to like, kill, I wouldn't kill I don't think I'd want to hunt North Dakota all the time. Yeah. After after being there and hunting it and shooting limits every day, I feel like it was too easy. Right. I don't think it's that way. I mean, you've been in Kansas. It's, it's, it's really not. No, that was just it was kind of like a crack. Like it's like anybody can kill limits in the central flyway. Yeah, like that's the crack that anybody yeah. can do. It's not on the central flyway, it's on the central flyway hunters saying, hey. It's easy to kill ducks in the central flyway, but it's it's a joke, okay? It's a joke, yeah. Elliot. Don't don't get mad. All I'm right? not mad. So that that <laughs> no, but that it keeps popping up. It keeps popping up like all over the place, like memes about oh central flyway, and I just don't understand how that's a negative. It's being it portrayed as though it's a place. negative. I'm like, how is this being portrayed as a negative? Isn't this like a positive? Yeah, let's go hunt oh, yeah. ducks. In I mean, Hawaii. that's why people. Right, right. Well, okay, that's that's who's saying outlandish things now, right now. That's not a good example, right? Now, who wants to go? Who who takes vacation unless you're going somewhere scenic like Maine or somewhere like? But no, nobody's taking vacation to go uh, shoot ducks in the Atlantic Flyway. Right. You're not using your vacation days to go shoot two mallards, especially. I mean, it's now back to four, but you know what I mean. Well, it's so, like okay, it's easy to shoot ducks in the Central Flyway. Therefore, you're not a good duck hunter. That's the implication. Therefore, right, right. you're no, not it's really saying like it's just saying it's because like, it's so you, easy if, you don't really know. No, no, no it's saying it's, it's less impressive, right? That's the crack. Okay, that's the joke. There's the punchline. It's less impressive to shoot a limit where it's real easy. So, like, yeah, that that's the crack, right? So, so you don't think folded in there a little bit is therefore the central flyway doesn't produce as quality of waterfowlers? Oh, but we've already had. That's a whole nother debate. That but I'm had. saying, don't you think that's folded into that whole joke? I'm sure you could fold it into it. But you don't think not, it is though. Every time I see I it, that's what I right think now. That, that's what I think that. And I know, but on because that 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 joke is not a, just a Jordan centric joke. I mean, that's like a a thing, a common a thing. It's not like you coined uh, that whole thing. I did kind of coin it, but you don't. You think so? I do. Yeah. You don't it's, think I mean, it existed that people? I mean, I think it's a natural thing, right? I think that I really do think that if you are a North Dakota hunter, it's so easy there that you don't. Um, you know, you don't have to uh, grow the skill set. Right. Yeah, the same way 
that you do somewhere where it's more difficult. We've had this, we've had this conversation before. And then on the flip end, you know, I feel like somebody um, in a very um, low duck density area um, where they just don't get enough opportunities. So mm-hmm. it's somewhere in between. Right. It's definitely not North Dakota. It's definitely not Florida. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, there's probably some Florida hunter out there that's really good. And there's probably some North Dakota hunter that's really good as well. But it's somewhere in between where the best duck hunters lie. Well, and you've talked about this before. It's like enough of a challenge that you're improving your, your skill, but right. not so much enough, of a challenge that you don't ever get to have success. Right. There. It's I don't a, remember enough of a challenge it. that you think like that a duck call is part of your tool set right. and you don't mouth call, but <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's like, that's a true thing, right? If you, you have to learn how to call ducks in certain places and yeah. other places you don't. Yeah. So like you don't, if you don't have to hone that, that skill set of calling a duck, right. Then I would say the person who's learned to call wary ducks in where, where, whether it's like Arkansas timber or something like that. Um, I think that overall they're probably a better, that they're, they're better at that at least, you know, maybe the guy in North Dakota is like the best shot because he has such a target rich environment that every time he goes out, he's like, well, you know, just starts cracking at him and just, you know, he's a good shot because he shoots the most times over years, probably actually somebody in Canada because they can kill what, what is it? 10 birds or something like that. Yeah. Eight, 10, somewhere something like that. Know. So I hope yeah. it's not 10. Cause I just adjusted the max limit on the app to eight because mm. of that blue wing teal two two teal limit, which you wouldn't know. Cause you, um, somehow <laughs> no longer, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and turn your account off. I don't start seeing some some logs. I'm gonna just pull a plug on that. I was uh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'd be curious as to where you where you fall. Anyway. I've uh I've killed I know how many birds I've killed. How many? Sixty five sixty five ducks and twelve geese. That's pretty strong. Right. I'm at forty nine ducks, almost all of which are teal. Blue blue and teal. Yeah, I mean I killed uh you know, out there with Matt, we killed some I don't know how many I killed on that trip, 10 or 11. That's just such a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah. The nicest. I had That was a really fun trip. And we had a really, really good time. We just see eye to eye on how we hunt and everything. And it was really, he's really easy to hunt with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Good buddy. I'd never say anything ill against him, to be honest. <laughs> right. So anyway, let's go ahead. So that's kind of, I don't know where we got lost in that explanation of this event (laughs) but jordan went to north dakota last year with josh and my perception was that you guys did okay so tell me your numbers we got froze out we got froze out was the issue what were your numbers uh approximately sure Uh, so there's a couple things you got to take with a grain of salt we got there the first night um scouted i found a place for the next day and then set up on big water, which I've learned kind of after hunting it, that's something to avoid big water with coots, right? In mm-hmm. North Dakota. Right. So avoid that. The first evening we sat up on that, didn't shoot very many birds. I can't remember how many, four or five, something like that. Um, then the morning hunt on the spot I scouted, we shot our limit. The next day um, was another Cora learning day because um, this was some of our first retrieves ever. Mm-hmm. So we were very, like, not, you know, we weren't both shooting, all that kind of stuff. Right. I think we shot maybe half of our, our birds we could have shot. And the next day, froze out. Josh left. I ended up staying, and then I shot my limit. 
Mm-hmm. So, so my my perception of the trip was it wasn't it didn't live up to how you had described in our in our previous conversations. And then you went on was it one or two hunts before I sent you that, Marco? I think that was that was the first day. No, no, because the first day you guys didn't shoot your limit. I didn't think you guys had no, sent a Marco. That. You'd sent a Marco, and you were like shooting some divers. That and... was no, that was the first day. Yeah, it was still the first day. Really? Are you okay? See, from your Marco, I got the perception that that first hunt wasn't very good because you're like, you oh, sent your we're Marco shooting. the same day I did. You must have sent it mid hunt or something then. You must have yeah, sent a Marco yep. mid hunt, and and I got the perception that the hunt wasn't going great, like you were doing okay, and it wasn't great. It was uh, we 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 switched spots because um, all we were shooting was divers, and we were pretty much to our diver limits, so okay. we had to go somewhere with puddlers. And then you um, so the them. the spot that I scouted um, was so far away that I couldn't tell what type of ducks they were. Mm-hmm. I just knew that there was a lot of ducks on it, so we shot our divers. And had to switch spots, um, but yeah, we should play the clip and then we'll we can yeah. talk about go, it. Go ahead. So I sent Jordan this Marco right here. Two two Marcos. So I'll play them both yeah, back to back. Both of them. Okay. So I seem to remember you and I having this whole discussion about two years ago, where you said that every hunt in Nebraska you shoot your limit. I mean, in North Dakota you shoot your limit. And that limiting out every time in North Dakota is easy. Do you recall that that conversation that we had? I think if you don't limit. Oh, and just to prefix, so like we're like in the middle of like cleaning up the hunt when you send the first send the first one. So now you get a little bit more cocky because you're like, oh, he didn't reply. <laughs> For sure, this was like a terrible day, and so we'll play it. You know? Out a bunch on this trip. You need to make a public retraction on your podcast where you go over how many hunts you've been there, how many times you shot your limit. Make a public apology to me. No, not apology. Publicly say that I was right and you were wrong. (laughs) And that, uh, yeah, yeah. Publicly say that you were wrong and that I was right. I think that's that's what should happen. So, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how much are you enjoying this? Um, pretty much. It's just kind of <laughs> funny because it's like the exact opposite of what you were saying was happening. So little did you know that we shot. Um, not only did we shoot our limits, but we shot our bonus blue wing teal because you can shoot you can shoot two extra teal in North Dakota because they don't have an early teal season. So you can shoot for the first two weeks. The first week is resident only then the second week is non-residence allowed um but you can shoot six ducks plus bonus two so you could shoot eight blueing till you could shoot plus two blueing or just all eight blueing till if if that's what was on your uh, pothole so um we shot like i don't even know it was probably the most birds we shot any day but because multiple of us had our plus two blueings on it too <laughs> so how many hunts did you go on on this trip I went on five, the Cavs went on five, and Zach went on six. And how many ducks did you personally shoot in your five hunts? In my five hunts, um, oh, it was 30-something. Yeah. (laughs) 
It so, was it was limits every day plus I think it was like thirty four. I think it was limits every day plus four blue wing teal. So I will say, according to Jordan's small sample size of five. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it appears as though it's easier to kill limits in North Dakota than what I had suspected. Yeah. So I would have to say that it sounds like in that argument that you were probably right. You okay? I'm sorry. You were right. <laughs> got to take the probably's out of there. <laughs> it seems as though you were right in that, and I was wrong. I still would have accepted the probably's, to be honest. But <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a I, numbers guy too. I can understand small sample size. It's like, sure, you did it one year. Can you do it yeah. every year? Yeah. Well, I just actually did get a message from a friend that's in North Dakota right now. And he said, we were humbled the first couple of days, but they just absolutely slaughtered them today. But he did say that they've been going up there for years and they average about 4.5 over a long span, which is a fantastic average. Um, so yeah. I yeah. think if you're, if you go up there and all you want to do is duck hunt, like you don't care about like going out to dinner or like mm-hmm. this and that, like <clears throat> it's, you're here to hunt, scout, hunt, scout, barely sleep like on the grind i think that you can do it but like maybe it's more enjoyable you know to to like sometimes not shoot your limit like not mm-hmm. care about those last two birds and or whatever you know what you know what i mean yeah. so i think though that most people that go out there with a that have like a, a pretty decent duck hunting skill set would mm-hmm. do pretty good it's <laughs> a very tight target rich environment <laughs> and the the kevs you call them they've limited almost what four or five years in a row every time basically pretty much and also like with a grain of salt two to three people is a lot easier than six people right sure. so you, you can say that anywhere if you're solo hunting it's you know in the central flyway you got a pretty good chance at a limit right or at least northerns i mean you know i i don't know that that's true the farther south you get in the central flyway the the, the less that's true i don't know texas down. is pretty good right well, I'm, I, I know as far as my state goes, there are tons of times if you travel here, you're not going to do well. Because if you get here when they're stale like we did on the Flyways Collective, I mean, that's prime time early December. And you saw what it was like that then. It was brutal. Sure. It was brutal. You can't just roll into Kansas any old time and expect just to shoot limits every day. It's just not going to happen. So, But it seems like for the most part, it's that way in North Dakota, kind of South Dakota, um, so I'm assuming as you get farther down, cause I know it's not like that in Kansas that it just, if you have private be. spots, I'm sure it helps. Right. But as far as just rolling into public land, you know, just like any, any time we're going to go and anytime November, anytime December, and we're just going to average five, six ducks a hunt. It's not going to happen in Kansas. It's absolutely sure. not going to happen. I don't, I don't know how hard it is to get permission, but I bet field hunting and, and finding pods ponds is your way to be successful in those stale times. At right. least, I mean, that's how we do it here anyway so is your desire on trips to always just grind like that and is that just the way you want to do it and you never want to relax and take it easy um <laughs> there gets days on it for sure but um I, I mean on this trip for sure i i wanted to especially once it got rolling like day three it wasn't <clears> like i wasn't gonna you know ease off the gas for sure so when I'm I mean, on a trip, I want, I want some downtime. I, I, I definitely on a trip want, I'm going to enjoy it more if I have some downtime, even right. if I shoot a few less birds. Right. No, there's definitely, there's definitely times for that for sure. But did you guys have any of that or was it just always like, 
Um, you never got to relax and just hang out. Just, it and depends. Have a few like beers. Have, and yeah. I know you don't drink, but when we had banger hunts in the morning, for sure, and you yeah. get done quick and then scout quick, and or if you already have spots lined up, or you know, there's downtime, then you go scout. And um, but I would say there's less downtime than I've had on other trips for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for scouting. I'm all for hunting as long as I need to. But I know on a trip, if I don't get like at least one afternoon where I can laze around and take a good long nap and and you know go out to eat that evening i'm gonna be i want that that's part of my trip i do too i do too i'm right there with you but i'm just saying it's like uh you kind of earn that you know you earn it by shooting it finding a really good spot and shooting a limit quick and then that's the day you get to do that but then that evening you got to get back on the road and start start knocking on doors and and uh finding places to shoot limits Guys, if you want to see Jordan's videos of all these uh, North Dakota hunts, they're on his YouTube channel, Duck Hunt Chronicles. And you've put out three now? I've just put out two, actually. Have you put out your – I know that there was – because the members of the Flyways Collective, um, we are oftentimes sending Marcos to the group and everything. And there was one hunt that you were just raving and raving and raving about. Like it seemed like it was the hunt of a lifetime as far as how the birds were presenting themselves. Have Have you put out that hunt yet? Yeah, that one's out. You, yeah, you okay. just commented on it the other day. Yeah. I thought maybe that was that hunt. I just wasn't I wasn't positive. Um yeah, yeah that, was, that was, was a good one. one. That was a good one for sure. Yeah, that was a really shot, cool little hole. Yeah, that's the one we saw. I could see it from the road. <clears throat> we tried to get permission and we couldn't. The farmer had signs on his house like don't ask to hunt, pretty mm-hmm. much. <laughs> and so they were just falling into this field and I was watching. And here comes like a flock of like 30, 40 mallards. And they just all cup and backpedal <laughs> into the corn. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my goodness, there's water in the corn. We looked on the map. Turned out it was a pothole inside the corn. On the map, it looked tiny, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a Pretty mile. It's a, it's a half mile. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, on the map, everything looks tiny out there in North mm-hmm. Dakota because it's so big. Um, but you look on the map, it looks tiny. Then you measure it out. It was like 120 by, like, 60, I think, um, as far as the pothole. So it was like 60 yards wide, 120 long. Um, but yeah, walked all the way out there. It was, yeah, that was, that was super cool. And I wish every hunt was like that in North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were really smoking. So guys go and check that out. And if you haven't checked out the podcast of he and I hashing out the whole wood duck debate, go and do that. Maybe probably already listened to it, but, um, well, I think that's about going to wrap up this segment. You got anything else sassy or salty before you leave? Uh, well, I definitely don't do sassy, but <laughs> I tried um, to quickly change that to salty. Sassy. <laughs> I was halfway that, out of my I mouth. Like that's I was a like, super salty would be better term. than sassy on this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't do sassy. Um, I don't do snarky. Let's see what else I do. There's other ones I'm not going to say. But, you do salty. Um, I, that's. I think that's you actually. <laughs> I'm salty. What would you? What yep. would you? What are you? What are you then? What am I? Smart I'm ass. Right. <laughs> correct. I'm, <laughs> I'm correct. <laughs> that needs to be a sound bite right there. <laughs> that, man, if his wife hears that, you know there's going to be a big eye roll. Man, the kind of abuse that that poor woman has to put up with, uh, with oh, dealing with you thinking you're right all love. the time. She, she what? Nothing but love. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't, she's not like you. She doesn't like try to talk over me. And <laughs> she's. He's a real, uh, real, a real keeper, real submissive sweetheart. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, she is awesome. She is awesome. <clears throat> you know, gotta love her. She puts up with you, but she's awesome. 
<laughs> no, but for real, thank you for coming on here. Um, and uh, we are going to move on to take a quick break, and then we're going to go to Woody's top five. All right, so here we go. Let's go ahead and jump into Woody's top five. All right, boys, let's get this wrapped up so we can get back to hunting. Well, here is Woody on for another Woody's Top 5. This is actually Woody's episode number 16. You know what sometime I'm going to do, I'm thinking, Woody, is I'm going to put out a podcast with just like back-to-back Woody so people can just like listen to them in their entirety. I thought that'd be pretty cool. I don't think there's that many desperate folks out there, but maybe it might be worth a try. I would enjoy it. Bunch them all up. Just binge listen to them. Like, right. I cannot stop laughing from the last episode when you talked, I think is episode when you fell in the dog poop and you were talking to, I don't know how you're talking to the kids. You're like, stop licking that. <laughs> Put that back in your pants. <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. I've thought about actually pulling that little segment out and just using it for a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was talking about how to make sure when your boss called you, <laughs> if he's out hunting. He was calling in on a sick day to make sure. That's that right. You're pretending to talk to your kids. <laughs> Stop licking that. <laughs> Put that back in your pants. I don't know. <laughs> I know those two comments weren't like linked together, but I'm just saying it was funny. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the situation. <laughs> what do you got for us today? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I got us a list tonight top five reasons for coming home late from hunting. I think these, every hunter's got chastised at least once for coming home a little later than he was planning on and somebody at home, typically a wife or fiance, girlfriend, whoever, a little upset with them. And so if you just say, well, I, I just lost track of time, that don't typically get it. No. And, uh, Oftentimes it gets you in worse trouble than you're already in if you try to come up, you know, if you try to be honest. I mean, listen, I'm just to be honest. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, asking forgiveness and uh, what's that saying? If it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission, but when you're late, right. hunting, it ain't easy to ask nothing. So no. what I, I've come up with five possibilities here for the top five ways that you can maybe get yourself out of hot water with it. Uh, some excuses. Now, you got to be careful with these and, and if you, you might be good to, if you're y'all going to write these down keep them in a little notebook or something so you don't forget them but then make sure to check off or maybe record the date by each one when you use it so you don't go back and double up on them. anyhow number five of the top five reasons for coming home late for hunting is tell them that you you got blocked in by another truck at the boat ramp you know there's some fellas out there that just not real uh they're not real, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Uh, they, they're kind of rude, and they don't follow the etiquette at the boat ramp. And so they end up they end up pulling right up in, in front of you or behind you. Or at least that's what you can tell your wife. <laughs> you can let her know. Right. Listen, baby, I, was trying, I, was, I quit an hour early tonight, and I was trying to get home 
in time to to, to go to your mama's birthday party or whatever. But but that these two fellers in in Chevy pickup trucks. You know how them guys drive Chevys are. Them Chevy pickup trucks. And they just parked right square in front of me. I they were nothing I could do. I could not get out. So anyhow, that's that's number five. Number four is the ice. Now, now this one you got to be careful because you got to, you got to, you know, it's got to match up with the weather. But you can come up with all kinds of things that have to do with ice. It could be, you know, it, you run off in a ditch, you slid down the boat ramp and got stuck in the water, or got sideways, got jackknifed. You you come up with a lot of different issues. Maybe you slipped and fell and knocked yourself silly or something. But you can use ice, but only if it's actually below freezing and there's ice anywhere if it's 55 degrees you're gonna have to come up with something different uh number three temporarily misplace the keys now this mm. is one this is one of them it's kind of uh it's hard for them to double check on you and some of them they can if you got life 360 or something it's easy to tell if you try to make up some story about getting lost or something they can look and see right where you've been but if you set you tell them you just misplaced your keys for a while no real good way to prove whether you did or you didn't you know and and when you're hunting you got so many pockets and bags and backpacks and such it's pretty easy to to drop keys in the wrong place or at least that's the story you're gonna go with so my wife anyway. would believe that 100 percent. I, I lose my keys <laughs> i'm in a constant search for my keys my phone and my wallet i like i, I look for those three things like every five minutes yeah she yeah, would I, she would buy that one if, so right. basically you're lining up which lie i should use to my wife so that would be you know woody's top five how to lie to your wife is the more accurate well, <laughs> I ain't trying to say it like that exactly. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, if the shoe fits. Number two, uh, top five ways for uh, top five reasons for coming home late from hunting. Uh, a near death experience. Now, I know that every hunter out there has had some sort of experience, whether it's turning the boat over, falling out of a deer stand, or what have you. Maybe. You know, my buddy Lim Parsons, he's had more near-death experiences than you can count on <laughs> all of his mama's toes. But uh, the point here is, and I wrote this down because I won't get it right. You need to turn her emotions from anger to thankfulness that you're still alive. <laughs> so you go tugging on them heartstrings, and suddenly she goes from being vehemently angry and ready to kill you herself to thankful that you're just thankful that you made it home alive so come up with some <laughs> kind of you know baby I, I i got trapped in the in the ice flow on the river or or the boat drifted off from the bank and I, was, I was stuck on an island what whatever it is you're going to do so come up with a a believable mostly believable near-death experience can I, can i give that a try absolutely this isn't quite a near-death experience but it's kind of on the same line so something like um so my wife's name is beth i sit her down when i come in and say i really need to talk to you this has really been bugging me uh last week i cheated on you let that sit for about 15 seconds say no i'm just kidding i'm just a little late <laughs> what do you think did that uh, work uh, 
Kind of like if your son gets an F and he comes in and tells you he's now gay. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he tells you, no, he just got an F in a class. You're going to be so happy about that F. Mm, I don't know, Elliot. Now, <laughs> too much? I, that, yeah, that might be pushing it a little too <laughs> You know, I've, work. Seen, I've watched some of them uh, Dateline NBC deals where the women kill their husbands in their sleep. <laughs> Maim them or something. You may wake up with uh with your trigger finger cut off with a butcher knife. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> anyway, all right. Top five ways here, or top five reasons for coming home late. I've got an honorable mention here. Now, I, I, I don't really feel like it's good enough to be the top five, but I think it's good enough to, to mention it. And this all depends on your, your personality, because this one may be kind of hard to sell for some folks, some fellas out there. Their wives ain't going to believe this at all, but that is a selfless act of charity or altruism. So my thinking on this is how can anyone be angry if you were waiting around for one of your poor, unfortunate soul hunting buddies to, to finish off his limit? You know, Elliot, you just never know. It, right. This could be his last hunt. <laughs> got to kind of sell it that way to her you know you know baby i i had to stay because he was only three ducks shy of a limit why you just never know you just you know you hate to hate to cut him off and make him get in the boat and and come home early because you just never know you just never yeah. know and then yeah. if you've got a if you got a a story of somebody that that really did kind of have an unexpected demise like you your great uncle or a neighbor or that feller at the gas station or whatever that, you know, he, he never got to go on that one last duck hunt. If you throw that in there, that'll, that'll really sell it good. So that's, that's my honorable mention. But again, you gotta, there's some guys out there that are jerks and they don't care. They, once they shoot their, <laughs> they shoot their limit, they, they fire up the boat and they go home. So if you're one of them kind of guys that probably don't work, but if, uh, if you're, if you're the kind of guy that, that looks out for others, that might be one you can throw in. All right, number yeah. one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you going to say? No, no. I said those oh. are good. That, that, okay. That's good. All right. Finally, number one. On the top five reasons for coming home late from hunting, let her know that, baby, I've been hunting my whole life, but this, this was a once in a lifetime situation. I've never in my life seen ducks or deer, geese, what you can use, whatever. I've never in all my life had a an experience like this. And if you really want to sell it on that, you say it baby, it really it I was so overwhelmed with emotion. It even brought, it brought me to, I'm ashamed to admit it, baby, but it brought me to tears. You throw <laughs> tears in there. You start talking about your emotions. You might be able to well, tear up. I, I, yeah, I, you know, a little Visine in there before you pull in the driveway or something. <laughs> but you, if you can throw in a little bit of something about how it really moved you emotionally, because women's always, they always looking to try to try to turn us men folk into emotional messes. And so, Maybe that's a, maybe that'll get you by. Anyway, there's your top five reasons for coming home late. Now, like I said, 
y'all keep a record of these so you don't end up trying to double up on one of them. And, <laughs> because it. you might forget, but I guarantee if it's 20 years later, she ain't going to, she may not even know what kind of game you're hunting. But if you use one of these kind of excuses, she's going to remember. You could log it in your notes on the uh, North American Waterfowler app. You could. Today, yeah. I, 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 this is the lie I told my wife when I got home. Maybe you ought to include that on the North American Waterfowl app as an excuse column on there. <laughs> See, yeah. You have a leaderboard and everything. Who's I'll had to use you, the most? You know, uh, the whole aspect of the wife and hunting and girlfriends, I, I just can never get enough of talking about that topic. It's so important. Such an important thing. So great top five. I appreciate you coming on here and sharing that with us. You got anything else? Uh, I don't think that's about it for tonight. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for coming on here. You have listened to another episode of Woody's and the North American Waterfowler Podcast. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. Hey, guys, if you can do me a favor and give me a rating and review, it really helps me out. I'm trying to spread the word on this podcast. I think it's great content. I would love to get this out there and spread around to more waterfowlers. So talk to your friends, spread by word of mouth, give me a rating, give me a review, and support the partners. Until next time, you have listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. China Kappa jumps to two feet, creep up the road. Two folds hold to record me, lumps in a war. They advance as does his tongue so
Oh, oh, oh. 